If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're going to be talking about how both men and women are really slaves to their hormones, and men get a bad rap for this when women are possibly even worse because there's more variation. So we will discuss that as soon as I do tell you to subscribe. My most recent subscriber episode was about how you may be replicating your parents' marriage and not even know it. And if you have not examined that idea, then you really ought to because that is kind of the 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 premise of all of therapy is kind of seeing patterns and seeing where you learn stuff. And so it could be a real useful um, episode for you if you've uh, really minimized the impact of learning uh, in your life. And most people don't minimize the impact of learning when it's said like learning, but then they're like, oh, my parents didn't impact me that much. Well, yeah, really? I mean, do you think you're not impacting your kids that much, et cetera, et cetera? So do subscribe and also do follow me uh, on Facebook. I'm over 40,000 followers now. I have a Facebook group for people that like to, to talk about these sorts of issues. It's almost at 100 people. And on TikTok, I just uh, started to do lives there. And Instagram, I do lots of lives and lots of video stuff. So if you're more of a video type of person, I also have YouTube, etc. So do follow me on my platforms. Okay, so um, what are we really, what, what do women mean when they say that a man is acting like an animal or he's like driven by his hormones or something? They, they mean to minimize the effect of his emotions and his deeper um, feelings and his, his loftier um, self on like whether he wants to have sex. But like women are so susceptible to hormonal changes. I mean, if you are a woman and, and you don't think that, then you've not really been paying attention because unless you're on hormonally mediated birth control, you know, taking the pill, then you really don't uh, ovulate and, and menstruate in the same ways. So you don't have, you don't feel that variation. And if you're very, very young, then um, you just kind of are how you are. But even let's say you are on birth control, but you've at least been pregnant before or, or nursing or aged, you know, like from your 20s to your 30s or anything had any change, then it's so obvious that there is a super big component of biology on sex drive, you know, and I mean, for people to say that that this isn't real for women is just crazy. And over the course of the menstrual cycle, I point this out in numerous podcasts about and posts about ovulation and biology. I have one about female biology across the lifespan. Over the course of your menstrual cycle, you basically want to have sex more and more and more from day 
one of your cycle, which is the first day of your period, until ovulation, which is around the 14th day. These are averages. And then after you ovulate, your body can't make a baby, so it doesn't want to have sex. I mean, the reason that we're on this planet, uh, aside from whatever your spiritual leanings are, the evolutionary reason we're on this planet is to pass down our genetic material. That is the evolutionary reason behind it. And it's why we have sex drives when we do and why we want to have sex when we do. Women have no reason to want to have sex when they are not able to have a baby, you know, and uh, that's why they frequently don't have a sex drive after menopause because they cannot have a baby anymore. And the, of course, there's other components and I'll talk about those, but hormones are huge and anybody who's breastfed that basically has the impact on the body of menopause because again, your body shouldn't make a baby. It can get pregnant when you're breastfeeding, but it isn't a good idea because when you get pregnant, usually your milk supply goes down. So that isn't good for the existing baby. So it's very um, evolutionarily driven, right? So if you got, if you're nursing a baby, then you get pregnant. This happened to me. Your, your, um, your milk dries up pretty much right away for a lot of women. And therefore, if you don't have a you know, formula, because you're in a world before formula, and you don't have a breast pump and frozen milk, because you're in a world before that, which is the world that we were, you know, evolutionarily created for, then your baby dies. So that's not good, right? So your body doesn't want you necessarily to get pregnant while you're nursing. So therefore, your sex drive isn't high. And your period doesn't even come back as long as you're nursing overnight, usually. For a lot of women, they don't get their period until they stop with the overnight feedings when they breastfeed. Why? Again, because I just told you why. Because your body knows it has a very young baby that is nursing all night. So therefore, it really wouldn't be good for that baby if you got pregnant again. So, um, and it's the same thing after you ovulate. It's like a microcosm of that every single month if you're not on hormonal birth control. If you cannot have a baby because your egg is gone, your egg dropped, there was no sperm to fertilize it, so you're not getting pregnant this month, so you're going to get your period, then what's the point of you having sex? There's no point evolutionarily, biologically, because you can't get pregnant. So that's why most women, if, if they are very attuned to their cycle, they will see they really want sex in the couple days leading up to ovulation and then they really don't after that and they really really don't leading up to their period although there is a, the, the day right before your period there's like some hormonal jump or whatever that uh, that a lot of women do feel like they want to basically uh, have every sensation so they want to eat a lot they want to have sex they want like a whole bunch of stuff like right away but this is you know like <laughs> a fluke thing <laughs> and some women don't want to have sex at all the day before their period but most women do when they ovulate that's like even the guys that come in and they're like we only have sex once a month I listened to your advice and I found out that it's when she ovulates you know, I mean, this is, it's rare for a guy to be like, we only have sex once a month. And, you know, it, it's, it's the day, you know, the three days before her period. No, it's the three days before when she ovulates. So women are super hormonally driven. And what do I talk about all the time? The women's libido decrease within monogamy. And this is hormonally driven as well because the, the infatuation or limerence stage lasts until you nurse and wean your baby. So it's like one and a half to three years. You meet the guy in theory in caveman times. You get pregnant pretty soon. You're pregnant for like the nine months. Then you nurse the baby for another year. And then you don't need the guy anymore. To increase the genetic diversity of the species would be ideal if then you moved on to a different man. Um, but people don't do that because of monogamy and all of our 
our um, lofty uh, ideas about being close and being in love and everything that came post caveman times. Although maybe they were in love too. I don't know. Nobody does. So the, the point here is that the monogamy itself and the decrease in women's libido after that is a figment of hormones and biology. So is every way that you feel over the course of your menstrual cycle and when nursing and when pregnant and after menopause. So and pre pre-menarche, you know? I mean, like, this is why kids don't have a sex drive, you know? Because there's no need. They can't get pregnant. They can't impregnate one another. So basically, when you are your most young and fertile, you have your highest sex drive. And that's how that goes. And as I've said numerous times, uh, just as an aside, because somebody's going to be like, I thought, you know, that women in their 40s. No, women in their 40s are more confident, but it's not like their bodies work better and have more orgasms unless it's, uh, you know, cognitively mediated than a woman in her full flush of fertility, a younger woman. So, um, okay, so then what are the variables that can layer upon that? Because, of course, I'm not just telling you to have sex with your husband once a month when you're ovulating. Obviously not. So I talk frequently about responsive desire. Responsive desire is when you understand that you're not going to just be feeling desire all the time. It's super hormonally driven, just like your husband has a whole bunch of testosterone, so he wants to have sex all the time. Okay, cool. You don't. So you don't want to have sex all the time. What your body does is wants to have sex once a month when you would be able to make a baby. But yet, you want to be in a relationship together. Okay, so then what are you going to do? Well, you can understand how biology works uh, on both ends and you can open yourself up to the idea of responsive desire and putting yourself into a situation where you try to start having sex within a loving relationship when the guy is like being a good guy generally, you know, and not if you hate him and want to leave him, you know, because people say all this stuff like, well, how does responsive desire work if you're in an abusive relationship? I'm not talking to people in abusive relationships. You know, like that just is not what I, who I'm addressing. I'm addressing people. The majority of the podcast listeners are men trying to work on their relationship. And I'm talking to people who are not in abusive relationships, who are in Relationships that struggle on both ends because both people are not perfect human beings and so they have to actually try to put some effort in to make their marriage work, uh, i.e. the majority of married couples, right? So in this case, a woman would say, yeah, my hormones are not going to be helping me out at other times of the month, particularly in the latter half of my menstrual cycle, but... To be a team player and to be close and romantic with somebody who is also trying on his end, I am going to try to open myself up to the idea of getting into the mood at times when my hormones are not helping me out. And since, you know, I blame so much of my husband acting like an animal and just being driven by his dick and everything, since I've said that he's so driven by hormones and everything, maybe I could also say, man, I am too, you know, and I don't like that you are um, so... Like, like, so like the, the, the guy's horny all the time. Most women take that as, uh, they, they take it personally almost. They're like, well, man, it doesn't even matter if we're getting along or not because he's horny. Well, you know what? When you're ovulating, it kind of doesn't matter if you're getting along or not. Because a lot of couples I see like every other week. And <laughs> that means that with some women uh, that I see every other week, I'm at ovulation and menstruation. And I'll tell you, every other time I see them, they act a lot happier with their husbands. Like literally, because it's so biologically mediated. So the woman has the, the same 
same rose-colored glasses that your husband has due to his testosterone, the same as he doesn't give a shit if you're fighting and he'll still want to have sex, that's what women have like once a month. <laughs> so, you know, like the non-flattering way to look at it, men, men like to say, oh, she's so irritable, she's mad at me for everything when she's about to get her period. It doesn't have to do anything with me. The other way of looking at it is you're irritating all the time. But when she's ovulating, she has her rose-colored glasses on and she doesn't mind. So, you know, it may be that as well. But the point being that when you're not helped out by the uh, rosy glow of ovulation, then you still don't want to have no physical relationship because that's not fair or or helpful to anything to the overall closeness of the relationship. And it's certainly not being a team player. So in those cases is when you learn about responsive desire, meaning that you got to actually try to have sex to get in the mood. Does that always work? No. But for a lot of women, if they start kissing, and foreplay and the guys being romantic, then they will get in the mood because their bodies do respond. Everything isn't only due to hormones, but hormones have a huge impact. Our biological self has a huge impact. If if you don't think that as, uh, I mean, I don't know what to say if you don't think it after like 300 plus podcast episodes, but think about when you're sick. Your body doesn't want to have sex when you're sick because if you, when you used it, when people used to get sick, it used to be a lot worse. <laughs> there was not penicillin. There was not medication. If you're about to die, <laughs> why should you get pregnant, right? So you're not going to have any sex drive then, plus your body needs all of its resources, not for having sex, but for getting you better. So most people do not have a sex drive when they have the flu, and that's men and women. So yes, of course, biology massively impacts sex drive, you know? And this is, you know, by the way, to all the men that think they're going to have the same sex drive with their 60 as they have now, or that they have the same sex drive at 40 that they had at 20. No, you don't. You're an aging mammal, just like your wife, but you have a hell of a lot more testosterone, so you got more of a margin of error. But when, if you were... Let me tell you too, <laughs> the men that I deal with that come in in their 40s and 50s, they don't have as much of that rosy glow of testosterone that makes them want to have sex with their wives no matter what. And I have a podcast on, you know, like basically like the men don't want to have sex with women even if they're hot, if the woman is also really annoying and their marriage sucks. And I don't remember what the title was, but it was something like that. And especially as men get older, they don't have such a surfeit of testosterone that it can, you know, know, blind them to the fact that they have like ongoing horrible marriages. And so that is one of the reason that men have quote low libido is they're in like a real shitty marriage, you know, and when they were 20, they'd be able to get it up anyway, but it's hard to get it up for somebody who hates you when you do not have like more testosterone than could kill a horse. So, you know, time marches on and affects everybody. So in the situation where you're both human mammals and you both have hormones and biological, you know, impact of them on your sex drive, what should you do? You should try empathy and to understand one another's perspective, to understand both biology and the other one's emotions and how they're feeling at any given moment physically and emotionally would be the goal to be attuned to your partner. And within that, to try to get yourselves into the mood for whatever you may not be in the mood for that your partner likes, whether that is sex or whether that's romance, you know, because just as if a man said to me, you know, I don't really feel like it. I don't 
feeling the mood this month to go on date night. I'd be like, the fuck is that? Wasting your money talking to me. You gotta be sp- you gotta be doing the things I tell you to do. And one of them is her ass wants to go on date night. So I don't give a shit if you're in the mood to go on date night. Who cares? You know, like do it. Like maybe that was the missing link. Maybe if you go on date night like she's been begging you to do, then everything's gonna transform. You'll never know unless you try. And it's the exact same thing for women that are like, I'm not in the mood to have sex. Like, okay, you know, what are you in the mood to do as a wife and a mother? Like, you know, is your whole day traipsing through like a meadow of flowers? Probably not. But you know, we do shit for those that we love. And most of the time, when you try, you get into the mood. Just in case anybody missed every single other thing I ever said on this topic, What happens if you try to get in the mood and you don't and you really aren't in the mood and you're really unhappy and you don't feel close? Should you force yourself through a horrible encounter of cold and meaningless sex that your body isn't responding to? No. Oh my God. When have I said that? (laughs) What you should try to do, as I've said infinity times plus one now, is to get yourself into the mood. If it fails, it fails. I don't know any guys who are going to be like, no, you're laying there saying, I have tried to kiss you for 10 minutes or 20 minutes and it's not getting anywhere and I am exhausted. I want to go to sleep. And they're going to be like, no, um, no way. I don't agree. We're having sex. I mean, no. Most of the guys I talk to can barely even initiate with their wives. They're so terrified to be thought of as a creep, you know? Or some sort of like like horrible person. So yeah, what you got to do is try. The same thing as if your husband really tried to go on date night. And you know what? He just had this crazy fucking thing happening at work. And his phone is blowing up. And it's his boss. And he just cannot get into the mood of date night. Would you say, no, we have to like, you know, do the 100 date night questions from Dr. Psych Mom now. No, you wouldn't. You'd be like, okay, let's go home. Because anybody who's, uh, you know, empathic human being and a team player of any sort will understand that there's a big difference between somebody who tries to get into the mood and can't and somebody who doesn't even try to get into the mood. You can be the person who tries to get into the mood and can't, you know, like that's, you're only human, you know, like it's, at least you tried, but don't be the person that doesn't try, right? And, and especially don't be the person that minimizes the impact of biology and therefore doesn't understand that there are times when they will have to try. The week before your period, it may be effortless. It's not because your husband is so uniquely charming at that moment. It's because you got ovulation goggles on, you know? And the week afterwards, it's not like his personality just deteriorated so massively. He's the same dude. It's just your body can't make a baby with him. So your body's like, hell do I have to listen to your jokes for? I want to go watch my show, you know? but that's biology. So don't blame him for his biology because you got your own biology and it's very impactful, especially uh, if you've never really thought about it before. It can be fairly transformative to go forward and track the impact of where you are in your cycle on your sex drive. And by the way, if you are on hormonal birth control, I am not a medical doctor. Go discuss this with your provider, certainly. But you know, it it has an impact on, on sex drive. And I've worked with many women that have gotten off birth control and have had a higher sex drive hormonal birth control. And, um, so they have other forms of birth control, you know, like all the other ones, (laughs) including vasectomy for the guy. And, um, 
and they're happier because they actually have a sex drive and they certainly have a sex drive one time out of the month, whereas before they had a sex drive no times out of the month. And guys don't even research this because like if you say to a guy who's older than like, I don't know, 20, would you rather that your wife has the sex drive of, you know, the doorknob um, and you don't have to wear a condom or that your wife really wants it at least a week out of the month and uh, you have to wear a condom? most of them are going to be like condom or you know what vasectomy sounding better and better I didn't want any more kids anyway so you know there's all of these things and also of course all the uh, side effects of your other medications that you take like antidepressants etc I have a podcast titled other reasons your libido may be low so I discuss all of those there but anyway uh the TLDR is biology matters for both men and women. And I hope that you got something out of this and I'll talk to y'all soon. Please do subscribe. Subscriptions make me motivated to keep on pumping out this awesome content. All right. Bye guys. Have a good day.